0: Hey, Phantom Maniacs. Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and the other day, I thought it would be a really cool idea like, oh, I'll sit down on Halloween and, and uh, have some Halloween thoughts and talk about some of the stuff we're doing, and I really wasn't thinking about the fact that it's Halloween and we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. So, I don't have time for all of that. I'm sorry, Phantomaniacs. What I do have time for is to say I'm very, very proud of the episodes we put up last month. Obviously, today is November the 1st, uh, if you're listening to this when it drops, which of course you are uh so the spooky season is done it is time to move forward into the holiday season uh, we have lots of cool stuff planned on needless things podcast.com and as part of the needless things podcast uh, please join the needless things podcast facebook group follow needless things podcast on instagram and uh twitter if you want And eh. uh, but yeah, I, there's a lot going on today, so this is not going to be a full bore intro where I share lots of memories and think about lots of things and talk about what we're doing because what we're doing, we're doing right now, and had to take a little break from it to stop and do this because recording on Halloween was a bad idea. Uh, so today's episode, uh, you get one more little piece of spooky right here at the end, or I guess after the end, uh, because everybody loves scooby-doo every horror fan chances are scooby-doo was your first exposure to the spooky genre and i had the privilege of being part of a fantastic scooby-doo panel at dragon con this year we had so much fun uh talking about the history of the cartoon not just the original but the many iterations that have occurred over the decades Uh, this year is the 50th anniversary of scooby-doo and it's just a fantastic franchise that just keeps going. Uh, we just sat down as a family and watched uh, the sequel to Scooby-Doo on uh, Zombie Island. Eh, it's not that great, I'll be honest. But the the thing that is great about Scooby-Doo is even when they do have a miss, which they do from time to time, this Zombie Island sequel was not great. Uh, the the In my opinion, the cartoon by the Family Guy people was horrible, Uh, but for the most part, Scooby-Doo is pretty great, and even when they do miss, uh, they're going to come back with something else within a few months. So, there's always great Scooby-Doo out there. Uh, Warner Archives are in the process of releasing lots of different Scooby-Doo things. There's a box set right now that's the original series. They put out the new Scooby-Doo movies, which are the ones that I relate most strongly to uh, with all of the guest stars. The only missing episode now is the one with the Addams Family because they cannot work out the licensing for physical release of that episode every single other episode of the new uh new scooby-doo movies is on this blu-ray set they look gorgeous uh but they are also available on uh, on the uh, boomerang app which i think is getting folded into some other maybe the hbo max app i can't keep track not app uh streaming service uh which, which has an app so i'm not totally wrong but uh i can't keep track of which of these mega streaming services are doing what here lately what i do know is yesterday i said fuck it i've had enough and i called xfinity and dropped our we we had the the three the the phone and cable and uh internet because it was just it just seemed the most practical. And I don't like talking to people, so just give me whatever. So yesterday, I dropped everything except for the internet. I cut us down to just internet. It is going to save us $160 a month. Now, granted, uh, I did turn around and upgrade our Hulu to ad-free. But that was only $6 more a month. So we're still ahead here, folks. So we no longer have cable. Uh, when I watch wrestling, it's not going to be live, uh, and and I'm okay with that. Uh, or at least <laughs> for that much money, I will be okay with that. Uh, and and you know it's only been a day, but so far everything is fine. We we're aware of which streaming services we need to visit to see which shows. Uh, my son still likes uh, to watch Flash. It's on the CW. You just go watch it. It's free. It's it's no big deal. You got some ads, but whatever. Who cares. Uh, the only thing that I've got to look into a little bit more is FX because we got to keep up with American Horror Story. But I-, I don't, with the work schedule that I have and the family schedule that we keep, we were rarely watching anything live anyway. So it just didn't make sense to pay that much money. But anyway, I've already gone on for far longer than I intended to in this intro. It is now time for the live Scooby-Doo panel courtesy of the Dragon Con Horror Track, uh, hosted by Bill Mulligan, who is tremendous. You may notice uh, a few points during the panel, a crowd reaction that's almost like the Scooby-Doo laugh track uh, that, that may seem a little out of context. That's because Bill's a slideshow guy. Uh, I'm not a slideshow guy. I don't do that in panels. but But Bill is and obviously the audience appreciates it it was it it, it gave a uh, a rigid format to the panel uh, and that's something that some people do so when you hear like one of us may say something and then there's kind of an audience like they may laugh and you'll be like wow that seems like a bigger reaction it's because they're looking at an image on the screen but i don't believe not having those images will lessen your enjoyment of the conversation because the rest of us did not have a slideshow we just talked about our memories of scooby-doo as we always do uh on panels like this and, and it was great. We, we got really deep into the original cartoon. We talked a lot about the past 50 years of Scooby-Doo. It was a wonderful time. It's one of my favorite panels that I was on this past year. And I'm very happy to be bringing it to you guys now. So sit back, relax, uh, cut your cable. It's worth it. And uh, enjoy the horror of Scooby-Doo live from Dragon Con 2019.
1: Hey folks, um, welcome, I-, I knew this was going to happen, I-, I knew it as soon as they, they announced the-, the title. Welcome to the Horror of Scooby-Doo, a celebration of the gateway drug that got most of us into horror uh, versus Scooby-Doo, and next thing, Campbell Holocaust, and off we go. Great to be here, my name is Bill Mulligan, I am an indie filmmaker, high school science teacher from the uh, middle North Carolina. I also on the horror, um, Magazine, Decades of Horror Podcasts, 60s and 70s, because as you can tell, I'm old enough that, yes, I actually saw the first episode
2: of Scooby-Doo. Of yeah, yeah. Don't need you, It just means I haven't died yet. That's way-,
1: way to make it. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, can we go down the list here and introduce
0: everyone? Uh, my name is Dave West, I'm the owner and operator of NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, uh, we have new episodes every single Friday, and I, you know, I, like he said, the, Scooby-Doo's the, the gateway to this world of horror that we're all in now, and I, I love it, and I'm happy to be here to talk about it.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm Bobby Nash, I'm a writer, um, I write a little horror, a little uh, murder, I like to kill people. Um, murder, you know, murder and mayhem is fun, and... Scooby-Doo was, I think that was the first time I was ever introduced to monsters, but it was also where I was first introduced to solving mysteries, which, you know, I, most of my novels and stuff tend to be mystery-based now, and that was where that love of that started was with Scooby-Doo.
4: And I'm uh, Thomas Mariani. I'm a writer and podcaster uh, for the podcast double H Devil Bill on the ESO Network, and I'm a bit younger, but at the same time, Scooby-Doo has had this weird, long-lasting effect where it's tur- the franchise is turning 50 in like 2 weeks. It's amazing. Wow. It's like uh, other than like news programs or soap operas. <laughs> it's, it's like the longest running fictional program of all time.
5: Hi, I'm Gail C. Martin. I write epic fantasy, urban fantasy, steampunk, and and, uh, horror. And as Morgan Grice, I write urban fantasy, male-male paranormal romance. Uh, I also was with Scooby-Doo from the beginning. Don't do the math, please. (laughs) Um, But I I watched it from the original series. I've watched every series since then. Uh, There is no age limit on loving Scooby. I have worn out the VHS tapes and then bought them again on DVD and Blu-Ray. And all of my kids will tell you that they had to watch all of the Scooby-Doo episodes because Mom was watching them anyhow. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of hardcore. And I will say that along with the original Dark Shadows TV show, I'm sure Scooby-Doo definitely put me on the road to writing about all the monsters and ghosts and creepy things that I write about now.
1: So thanks to Thomas, we've been able to do the math here. So 50 years ago, I was an 8-year-old lad watching TV the first movie I remember seeing was The Black Scorpion I was in love with horror and stop motion animation and all that really cool stuff and cartoons because young people don't realize this there were only cartoons on Saturday morning That was you, you scheduled your whole life around Saturday morning and you watched cartoons now there's 24-7 cartoons which sounds like it should be better
0: and it probably is but it doesn't feel
1: like it is well,
0: if you sign up for the Boomerang streaming app it is. I'm not getting paid for that, but that app is phenomenal, and all the Scooby-Doo needs you might have will be fulfilled by it. Yeah. Well, I, I
3: also think too, though the thing about about watching cartoons in the '60s and '70s and into the '80s, it became an event. Now, I want to watch Scooby-Doo. I'll go find it, turn it on. I watch whatever right. I want to. Back then, you had to schedule your your day around it, and you you knew so so your favorites, it became an event to do that and that's, it was that's a important. really good point.
1: Also we only had three channels so anything that was on one of those channels was seen by a significant chunk of people. Yeah.
5: Not only that, but if you were watching one channel there was no D V R what's on the other yeah. channel. You just yeah. missed it. You had to make choices. So when T V Guide brought out the lineup for the next year That was highly coveted. You went through that and you marked your calendar Mm -hmm. on what was going to be on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday because otherwise you missed it and you might never see it again. So if you picked Scooby Doo to watch on Saturday morning, you weren't watching something else. It was a commitment.
0: Well, and plus, comic books at the time, every year around the same time, around, you know, before the fall season was going to come back, there'd be that big splash page ad of. The new NBC Saturday morning lineup and you like pulled that out and kept it so you could remember what was yeah. gonna be coming on when. It's like,
3: ooh,
1: Herculoids, that looks good.
0: Yeah. That well was, and it
3: was it was such a big deal, they would do they would do prime time TV specials to announce the cartoon line. That's that right. Was, you know. And so yeah, I mean it was a big deal. So the if there wasn't
5: any other way to tell people, you couldn't just put it on that's you know, right. social yeah. media. That's
1: right. The origin of Scooby Doo it was originally gonna be much more mystery involved. And then they said that was too scary, so they came back and they based the characters very much on the many loves of Doby Gillis,
2: mm-hmm.
1: especially Shaggy, who is pretty clearly Gilligan before he was Gilligan, um, Maynard Krebs, Maynard G. Krebs. Yeah. Maynard G. Krebs. Um,
3: Sorry, got, our listening together. audience there was just a collective, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah, the <Yeah. laughs> many loves it, Adobe <laughs> Gillis. You, you might it's, be able to catch it on
0: some of those channels. It's so old that Nick at Night doesn't show it. It's <laughs> 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 probably
5: on MeTV.
3: Probably, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, they just struck gold with this. These characters are just so great. And, you look at some of these things, and you just. Early Marvel comics and everything and like, could Stan Lee and Jack Kirby have come up with a bad concept? It's like everything they did in those first ten issues of Fantastic Four—we're still using. You know, there, there wasn't a dead character among them. Well, I feel the same way about this. It's these are perfect, iconic characters that were going to last. Look at
5: how many rip-offs it spawned. For a while there in the '70s, every show was four kids. And uh, some sort of mascot animal, whether it was Jabberjaw or mm. the Chan clan or. Or a dune
0: buggy. A yeah. dune buggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
5: and and, for, and then there was usually music, or they were in a yeah. singing group. Yeah. But yeah. there are about ten shows like that right. that were all from, like, 69 to 76, maybe. Well, plus,
3: plus Hanna-Barbera used the, the same model sheet, so a lot of them oh, yeah. looked alike yeah. anyway. Yeah.
4: I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Even, like, for me as a kid, like, I was exposed to, like, Cartoon Network back at a time where they, didn't, they had, like, a couple of original programs, and then they had to fill up time with yeah. whatever they had. Which involved all these different iterations of Scooby Doo up to that point, and then all these rip offs, too. Like, even as a kid, I could recognize, like, so it's the same exact lineup. Even down to, like, there's also some, like, funky phantom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's another weird one. Go. Or even the Godzilla show had that Godzuki. same dynamic still. Yeah, mm-hmm. Godzuki was their mascot, but then they had, like, the token Hawaiian amongst other yeah, things. Yeah. It was really weird, but they kept that dynamic going for all these different iterations. I believe it was Fred
1: Silverman who was very high up on things who insisted they should have a dog. Which turned out to be a genius move. He also insisted Spider-Man had to have a dog, so Spider-Man and his amazing friends had a dog. (laughs) Miss Lion. Miss Lion. He would disappear halfway through the episode. but she really continued to be And they uh,
5: actually parodied the whole four kids and a dog thing in Mysteries Incorporated with all of the different versions of the Scooby gang over the centuries. You know, there was even one where it was like four monks and a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) And it was always four four somethings and an animal, Mm -hmm. um... So they, they even had a good laugh at them, I would so. totally watch a movie
0: called Four Monks in a dunk <laughs> I don't think we can talk about that until after 10pm.
2: No.
1: <laughs> so I've, I've gathered together, in my opinion, strictly my opinion, don't yell at me, but the essential elements of every great plot of classic Scooby-Doo. So they're driving in their van how they make their living, where they get food, what the sleeping arrangements are. But they end up someplace someplace that obviously, were it me, I would hit the gas pedal and keep right on going. But they think this is a fine place to stop and spend the night. And they meet someone who basically tells them they should have hit the gas pedal and kept on going because there is the headless skateboarder, toothless, unicyclist, whatever. There's some local legend who's, who's really bad news, and they need to get out of here fast. And they take this as a, as a reason to stick around and solve the mystery.
5: Because Freddie takes
1: the wrong turn. Yeah. Shaggy <laughs> and Scooby get the munchies, which didn't seem so odd when I was a kid, but now seems sketchy as well. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I just...
4: I want Shaggy's metabolism. Oh
2: my like
4: gosh. The so at the same time, there's the whole running egg. Anytime he makes a sandwich, Scooby just takes it. So it's more just like he is underfed. yeah, yeah You're right. right. Shaggy's just Shaggy. like, can't eat anything. Shaggy's like,
1: you know, those guys who always win the competitive hot dog eating contest because you think they're going to look like Diamond Jim Brady, but they're actually this little skinny guy. And like, where is it going? What black hole does he have in a
0: bit of a Well, and in the
5: second live-action Scooby-Doo movie, when they open the back doors to the mystery machine, all the smoke... <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's just from the grill. Just, just, the just, grill. It's just from the grill. Grilling up some sushi,
1: then we then we meet uh, some more regular town folks. So these are the second normal people we meet. One of them is the bad guy. Yes. <laughs> I figured this out by episode two. <laughs> Velma, who's smart because she wears glasses
2: out. <laughs> that one
1: of these people who seems normal and usually tells them, don't listen to that cranky guy you met the first time. He's crazy. He's obviously the bad guy. He's not.
0: Can I throw you a theory on that? Sure. I think Velma does know from the start, but she's so tired of dealing with their naysaying, she's like, I'm just going to sit on this information until these dum-dums traps have failed, wow. and then I'm going to bust out the knowledge. Because she knows she knows the dynamic as well as we do. She's just waiting. She's got to wait I, for her just, moment.
5: Can I just say how important it was to me at the time to see a smart girl with glasses on a mm-hmm. TV show? Well. That was huge for me.
3: I wish she'd have been smart enough to eventually, like, put a chain on those <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: That
1: would have
3: happened.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And, and something else that's interesting is that Velma, clearly, from the way she's drawn and portrayed, was supposed to be the less attractive member of this group. Hello. Okay, but if you look at all the cosplayers walking around...
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Not as many dafties, yeah. I'm a happily married uh, man. No <laughs> but if I warrant some of these... Of these I mean, Oh my God!
5: Hey, go through the art show. There are some interpretations up yeah, there something. too that um, are yeah. not canon.
1: Not canon.
2: <laughs> the
1: monster shows up in all his monstrous glory. Yeah, and I also like
2: to point out in
1: this gif we actually see an animation mistake. What's that? The clown.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what happens? Right? I'm the map Oh, yeah.
1: That was probably his holographic projector.
2: Yeah.
1: The, 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 the villains always turned out to have these incredible high-tech things For these stupid It's like, yeah, I used a holographic projector to be the headless horseman Because I want to build a parking lot Like,
2: dude, You are not,
1: not going to make enough money in a parking lot to pay for a holographic projector I paid
4: well, a convincing flight to make sure these kids get away from my abandoned amusement park <laughs>
3: <laughs> Right, because with that kind of money, you could have just bribed a congressman or. Right,
2: right. <laughs>
4: gotcha,
3: yeah.
2: There's a
1: lot of running they run. They've always got that great no, run, you know. Freddie's leaning forward. Shaggy's <laughs> leaning so
0: far forward, he should
1: tip right over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Freddy Freddie
0: has a heroic marathon runner style whereas Shaggy has a panicking it's going to get me running style and
1: and I noticed that Velma is sort of hanging back which works into your theory that she's just watching this whole thing these idiots are running from a guy dressed in -in glow-in-the-dark paint she looks like my grandma a bunch of Yeah. (laughs) yeah you know, real tight yeah, fair enough Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, 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 yep. It's the white kid's solution to everything in a horror movie. <laughs> Let's split up and look for clues. That way they can kill us one at a time. <laughs> they think this is a great
3: idea. I always love, too, how it is yeah, that, yeah. that Shaggy never like gets to go <laughs> off with another person. It's always, Shaggy, oh, you and Scoop go that way. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you right now, I would rather have the big great Dane with well, me yeah. than <laughs> any of these other clowns. <laughs>
1: right. the smart girl who loses her glasses, Captain Useless, and his girlfriend. Captain Usel's girlfriend. girlfriend. Captain, yeah. Captain That was one yeah. of the
5: best things with the, the live action movies was that Daphne came back and, you know, she was tired of being the yeah. victim, you know. Yeah. Danger
0: and, prone Daphne.
5: Yeah, she, she came back totally kick ass because who's the damsel now?
0: I love the. Does everybody love the live action movies? Yeah. I love those movies. Did You have really
1: low expectations going in. Yeah. I yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah.
0: Why would you think it would be
1: any good? This is going to be Getting a good. catastrophe. And no, but James Gunn.
3: James, James, John, James yeah. Gunn.
2: Yeah, James <laughs> Gunn. Red
1: is captured. And never again. sees it coming. Velma's relatively unconcerned. <laughs> <of> <laughs> huh. <laughs> and her amazing ability to turn her neck like the exorcist without moving her body.
2: Can't that Fred escapes, but not for long.
1: <laughs> he just, he's so looking for clues. There could be a, a gang of monsters behind him. He doesn't see it. <laughs> Elma loses her glasses. It's just a classic routine. No matter how many times they do it, you never get tired of it. She lost her glasses. She's looking around. She sees the monster, thinks that it's shaggy or something, takes him by the hand. The monster is going with her because he's kind of confused. What's
3: this all about?
2: (laughs) Finally finds her glasses, puts
1: them on, and then... Jinkies.
3: Yeah. But you know, the monster has seen those cosplayers, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, Yeah.
1: And...
2: Zoinks! <laughs> just walks away on her <laughs>
1: Okay, so she's rescued by Shaggy and Scooby, and now she bribes them with Scooby Snacks, or whatever it is. Yeah. it works. Another glad- great one, like, would you do it for a Scooby Snack? Or, oh, oh, we should do it for... 10 Scooby Snacks? Uh-uh. We should do it for three? Sure. They're idiots! <laughs> <laughs> Another. Scooby almost sneezes. But if you hold, as we all know, if you hold your nose, you hold your finger under your nose when you're about to sneeze, you don't sneeze.
4: That's science. It's yeah. educational. It also doesn't work.
2: <laughs>
0: I can't tell you how many times I've really messed up my finger and gotten disapproving looks from everyone else in the room. It's like, idiot, Do, you know. And then this. getting captured by the bad guy.
1: Yeah. Also, pepper makes you sneeze, which I really tried. I mean, it, how many. Okay, confession time. How many people tried the things you saw in cartoons? Hmm. Not the dumb ones, like hitting. Okay, so hopefully you didn't hit people over the head with a frying pan thinking their head would flatten out and then pop back. But, you know, things like pepper makes you sneeze. That's a harmless
0: little dad. My sister jumped off
1: the roof of the house with an umbrella. I allowed her to do it.
0: That's it. We need to ban Mary Poppins.
2: I was
1: was pretty sure it wasn't going to work, but, you know, I was willing to let her try. (laughs) You were willing to be proven wrong. being chased by the monster Sco- Shaggy and Scooby turn out to be geniuses of improvisation <laughs> <laughs> pulling costumes literally from their hindquarters and role playing and, and again the monster doesn't know what to do like are these two airline pilots in the middle of this haunted house why are they here What?
2: But then they somehow
1: give it away this is from Bugs Bunny who also was kind of a master of doing this
2: <laughs> Shaggy
1: never misses an opportunity to dress up like a pretty girl
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, this is the one that really blows my mind so Scooby is pretending to be Velma Shaggy <laughs> is pretending to be Daphne I am not sure how that really helps just pretending to be two more two other members
0: of the <laughs> Yeah, we need some context there. Yeah. And is that the love boat? Yeah,
2: boat, oh, maybe. <laughs> not surprise me. Is, yeah, lots of hiding
1: places where they can like jump into bases and switch back and forth and you know, do that whole thing there. Which is then followed by the classic fall yes. of your ways. Yes. When I'm walking down a hotel room and I see like a whole bunch, all I want to see is just doors opening up and people going back and forth. The monster chasing one guy, monster chasing, they're chasing the monster. The monster's like, "Wait a minute,
2: they're chasing me!"
1: And then they, you know. <laughs>
2: great
1: stuff. Yes, I love. was one This, of course, is from the classic Supernatural episode where we will talk. Maybe the greatest hour of television
2: ever. <laughs> <laughs> Happens
4: sometimes if you lucky, you meet globe traffic. I mean sometimes it's them, sometimes it's Batman, Don Yeah,
2: they're they're, nice. yeah.
4: And, and and then then we get into the cartooniness
1: of it. If you've already accepted the idea, you know, yeah, you people and a talking dog be traveling around. But then, they'll, <laughs> then they'll throw something in there that I'm pretty sure can't really work. Bill, have you tried it? <laughs> or better yet, have you asked your sister? <laughs> <laughs> then then we get near, you know, the climax. And Shaggy finds something that totally gives away everything. And Velma still plays dumb. And I, I'm, the more I'm thinking, the more I think you are totally on something. She'll say, she, it's like she's feeding them. She says, what would a ghost need? with a bucket of glow-in-the-dark paint and a holographic projector. And the obvious answer is it's not a ghost, it's a human pretending to be a ghost, but that's not the answer that she gets.
3: They're
2: like, I don't know, ghosts, ghosts do live weird, weird lives. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> right. but, 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 but isn't
3: I'm Velma the like... also the one in every episode that loudly proclaims, a oh, clue! <laughs> yeah, like she's, she's feeding it she's to them. The <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
1: We're all just toys in her little... <laughs> And then Fred, who obviously grew up with the game Mousetrap. How many people? How many people had the game Mousetrap? All right, now keep your hands up. How many people actually ever bothered to play that stupid game? Really? I just built the mousetrap and just dropped things with it. Well, it was so hard
0: to play because like. Anytime you moved the board, something would fall yeah, apart, apart or activate. <laughs> it was
1: super elaborate, and the ball would go down, the foot would go in the air. Ruth Goldberg contraption.
4: Th- that and, uh, was like the, the biggest discovery of this whole research was Mystery Incorporated, which I would probably argue is the best of any of the different iterations. If nothing else, for that whole running gag of Fred just loves traps, yeah. Yeah. never gets old. And when he, did Mystery Incorporated come out? It's like twenty ten.
2: Yeah, it's, it's fairly weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: And that was
1: kind of a deconstructivist, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of that, but it also In had, like, gag. actual
4: narrative elements and stuff like that. It, it felt a bit more like a universe construction they of the show. They actually
5: had an overarching series arc.
4: Yes. Um,
5: so mm-hmm. they were actually, every episode built toward the big reveal of a final series revelation and a big showdown with the big bad. Yes. So unlike the all of the other series, you know, where it was just... Each each episode was individual. Mysteries Incorporated, you know, really had much a much larger game.
1: And I guess that's kind of going for what we all like now. I mean, we want our shows to have this overall arc, so we can binge watch them mm-hmm. and enjoy
4: it all like that. Weirdly, taking influence from Buffy, which in of itself is clearly very based on Scooby Doo, down to the Scooby Gang. Well, yeah,
5: Scooby Doo was was you know the original Monster of the Week.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And the monsters were cool,
3: too.
5: The monsters were cool.
1: And amazingly, Fred's trap works. Maybe not the way it was supposed to, but they do capture him. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's time for the big moment we've all been waiting for. Uh, the big reveal where it turns out it wasn't a monster all along. It was Uncle Al or Cousin Clem. Or Old Man Witherspoon. Old Man Witherspoon. Uh, just one after another. Uh, yep.
2: <laughs>
0: I like the idea that this incredibly intricate amphibious fish costume yeah. just yanks right off. <laughs> like how many people here people here at Dragon Con who wear costumes just yank those things right over your head at the end of the day? That's how that works, right?
3: Well well and I also like to keep the trope going, like even when they they team up with Batman and Robin and they're fighting the Joker and the Penguin. The Joker and Penguin are wearing
1: masks that they
3: on can top, top rip of off. their makeup. Yeah. <laughs> of it. and it's like it's
1: the Joker. <laughs> well, the Joker put makeup on top of his mustache. Yeah. So, he's, you know, <laughs> by his uh, so if you're if you're playing Scooby Doo characters, do you ever like feel the urge to just run around, Dragon con, and grab people's masks, and rip them off? He's <laughs> <laughs> an angry cosplayer all
3: along, and then they're hitting. He's like, you just gave this guy over here ideas for tonight.
0: The horror track does not officially endorse this behavior. But, no, this but definitely Don't do it. Like <laughs>
5: well, and that was one of the things in the Scooby Natural episode where Dean and Sam struggle with letting the Scooby Gang know that the monsters are really real, and yeah. the Scooby Gang doesn't really take it very well. Um, you know, they they. Uh, Kind of freak out on the idea that the monsters might be real. That was kind of one of the fun gags. So even though in the
1: in the cartoon they usually seem to be surprised that it's Old Man Witherspoon, Mm -hmm. they they really Mm knew.
4: Well, I mean that's the thing is they they definitely been playing on that. I would say since like the '80s or so, in terms of different iterations, about like, well, what if they did encounter something real? Like probably another great example is the uh, direct-to-video movie, The Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island.
2: Yeah. And, the Witch- yeah. and
4: The Witch's Ghost, like that run of those like late 90s, early 2000s direct-to-video movies, but especially Zombie Island, I think does a great job of introducing, like, well, we know how this works, right? Everything's fine. And as a kid, you're just like, oh, this changes the game. Everything's completely different. The paradigm has shifted. <laughs> <laughs> you were a very eloquent kid. Yes, I said all those words exactly.
5: I honestly think that, that Zombie Island and Witch's Ghost, because they were the first thing to come out after a bit of a dry spell on, on mm-hmm. Scooby, I think that they absolutely entranced those of us who had been with the series from the beginning going, yes, finally the monsters are real! And the you know core demographic was up all night with their parents having nightmares and so afterwards <laughs> they switched it back to fake monsters in all the direct to dvd movies but for those two shining moments the monsters were real
4: there, there's a classic horror comedy gag where like they try and unmask the mm. zombie and the head just keeps bouncing on the first <laughs> scooby-doo has a severed head that he juggles at one point in that <laughs> movie
5: <laughs> those two were legit scary they, they yeah. really had some good actual moments well in them. and
4: they had much better animation than yeah, usual because yeah, they found yeah, that's like a Japanese company that did an amazing does job that, does that
1: bother you when you see something that you're used to seeing with kind of subpar animation suddenly looking good does it just feel a
4: little off I mean not necessarily because it feels like it's something different we're evolving the show in some way I think that's also why I love about like mystery incorporated I think the animations so smooth and Streamlined, but at the same time, I can also have the charm of going back and seeing, oh, these people who conveniently have giant collars and ascots to disguise <laughs> the fact that they're sh- shifting out the heads mm-hmm. at any given point. Like, I, you can enjoy both.
0: And, and that's, I think Scooby Doo works in so many different iterations, so many different ways that it's the, the change in animation is usually a change in storytelling and style mm-hmm. a little bit. So it's not necessarily telling the same stories that we're used to seeing in the Hanna-Barbera style or the classic Hanna-Barbera style there, there's usually a shift in, in mm-hmm. tone and storytelling so yeah. it, it makes sense it all works together Well see, so. that is
1: the one thing that never I never did try I knew the A was bad, but I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't going to go to school wearing that It wouldn't have ended well useless cop shows up. Where's this guy been?
2: <laughs> when everyone's being
1: kidnapped and hoisted up and, and and everything else, he's nowhere around. But he shows up at the last minute and explains it all like, like he knew. Oh, thank Thanks for nothing. And
2: yes. yeah, it's the line yes. we
1: all know. He would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those darn meddling kids.
2: Yep.
5: And that was one. Everybody things laughs, things. laughs. And that was one of the things I loved the most about the Scooby Natural crossover episode was it did justice to both Supernatural and Scooby Doo. It didn't mock either of them. It played it straight, and it was. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that made it so powerful. Was it? It really gave homage to Scooby Doo and, and did right by both both series.
4: Well, and even then, when they do make fun of it, like Scooby Doo was one of the first times I recognized what formula was. I think that's a great thing introduces to kids. It's just like this, you can follow, like it's a set pattern for storytelling in its own way. So then, when I did see satires at an early age, it's just like, oh, I recognize they're making fun of this. That's clever. Like, one of the earliest times I recognized what satire was, was probably the Johnny Bravo crossover episode,
2: which is one of my
4: favorites, um, Of course, particularly with my glasses. I can't be seen without my glasses, it's one of the best signs. <laughs> So, why, why
1: did the formula work so well? I mean, there's, there's so many formulas out there, and there's things that try this. This one just grabbed on. I think the whole, you meddling kids. So, it kind of gave we kids a feeling like, hey, we got one over on the grownups. The grownups are trying to scare us, and uh, we figured out their game. Well, you
5: know, I grew up reading Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys and Al Hitchcock and the Green. Encyclopedia Investigators Brown. Encyclopedia mm. Brown, Meg, Trixie Bell, all those. And Scooby Doo. And I was so devastated when I found out that teenagers didn't actually ride around in solve uh-huh. streets.
2: <laughs> I
5: was waiting for my turn, darn it. Yeah. And then you
3: become a writer and then find out that writers don't like solve crime all year long either. Like don't no, do. we don't You're not just, <laughs>
1: think
4: just that your a watcher. <laughs> But I think it's—I I totally agree with what Gail said here because it's—it's that whole impulse when you're a kid of like, oh, I want to be a teenager, teenager. I want to be an adult. You're an adult, and you want to go back to being a kid. Yeah. It's that whole cycle that just happens, and especially you know the impulse of like, oh, I get to drive around a van with my friends and seemingly never go home. These uh-huh. children apparently do not have any kind of home except their van. Or they just drive uh, around. The
1: Pokemon, where ten-year-old children are allowed to just wander around with monsters <laughs> and fight them and. and it's okay. I they that like would work. Well, <laughs> I, I, don't do I, that to your children.
3: Yeah, I think part of the reason the Scooby Doo formula works is because it, it's on different levels. You watch it as a little kid; it's funny, the gags are funny. You miss a lot of stuff. You watch it again when you're older, and you pick up the little things that, that were there for the adults. And I think that's why it, people, you know, it doesn't feel, oh, I've outgrown that is there something there for me at this age that's different than what there was before?
1: It really was a pretty good balance of things. Yeah.
0: Another great thing about that formula is, we, you know, we've already talked about several of the crossovers that were done. Uh, the formula lends itself to guest stars and to them finding new locations and new people. And that's my, I guess, not my first Scooby-Doo, but the Scooby-Doo that really hit me was the new Scooby-Doo movies. That had uh, the guest stars. I'm going to uh, talk about the guest stars in a minute. Okay.
1: Oh, one thing, I mean, I said the, the animation was kind of limited, and it was, but the backgrounds yeah. were really well done. I, I think many of them were done by an artist, Walt Paraguay, yeah. I, I hope it's the way it's pronounced.
3: And they, were, they, were very, they were very moody. I mean, they really set that tone. Well,
5: and when the original Scooby Doo was done, they were still hand drawing the cells. Yeah. So they, the original Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, would have been during the hand animation era, and then it, it you know, gradually went overseas and, and it got automated.
4: Well, and not to mention that like the Hanna-Barbera had the fact where it's like, okay, we don't have the budget to actually make this full animation. We'll make up for it with design. Mm-hmm. All of the characters have a distinctive look, where it's just like you instantly recognize that Shaggy he's the guy who's not quite above everything or Fred, leader, all this other stuff. They knew just like, okay, we can make it through on the designs and the animation we can worry about later.
5: And well, I think some of the original Hanna-Barbera um, artists came over from Disney because they mm-hmm. saw the opportunity. It is a Disney,
1: Yeah, I
5: think they came over from Disney because Hanna-Barbera were the first to grasp the possibilities of cartoons made for TV instead of originally made for theater distribution and repurposed to TV.
3: Well, they certainly wrote them for reuse of scenes. Like, Velma drops her glasses. The background's different, but it's the same animation every time. Right. And
5: they run through the, run, the run, same run, Yeah, yes. they're
3: running through the doors. That It's the same animation. We can just change out the, the you can change out what hallway they're in. Okay. And
0: and that yeah. hallway is really long yep. and has eighteen of the exact same piece of furniture. But <laughs> they really like that chair, Dave, and they yeah. want to get as many of that set of that chair as possible. They got a deal on yeah. it.
1: So <laughs> well, let's talk new Scooby-Doo movies, which was the second version that came out. This is where we start seeing guest stars, and the the guests they chose really surprised me a lot of times. It wasn't the folks you might expect. I mean, I, I found a few. We have Dick Van Dyke, Mama Cass. Interesting choice. Mm-hmm. The Three Stooges
4: who had long been dead at that point i <laughs> movie. Yeah, which you think would have worried them.
2: <laughs> when they show up in town
1: and they meet, you know, like Laurel and Hardy and like, so so. what's the scary thing in this town? Oh, I think it's the fact that Laurel and Hardy are walking around. You <laughs> don't need to find anything else. You're, you're already in Ghost Central.
5: And you Ghost know, as Stiller. a kid, you just accepted... You didn't have to know Mama Cass was with the Mamas and the Papas. Yeah. You didn't have to know who Phyllis yeah. Diller was or Sandy Duncan. They were just on Scooby-Doo, so it was cool. And later yeah. on, you go... Oh my gosh! Sonny and Cher were on Scooby Doo. Like, Wait, real? Yeah.
1: And that, that's kind of like what I was saying before. Mama Cass. Even if you never bought a single album, you knew who she was because she would be on the Mike Douglas show, the Tonight Show. Ed she was. You knew everyone in pop culture was known to every single human on earth. There's, you know, now you can be a big fan of some singer, and people, oh, who's that? Let me look that up. Because we're so diversified, we're able to find so many. We can live in our own little pop culture bubble and not be aware of anything else that's going on.
3: But the popularity of Scooby-Doo 2 at that time was, I mean, that was the show to do. These people, it wasn't, we got to go out and talk Phyllis Diller into doing it. Yeah. You know, these people wanted to be on that show because that was the
1: show to do. I would be curious to know how they decided, you know, who who said, I know, Sandy Duncan should be perfect. and Why? I I like Sandy Duncan but there were so many other folks, you
4: know, I mean, this is also around the time of like all the different game shows where it's like, let's get any sort of B-to-D list celebrity to come on. It's just like, sure, Scooby-Doo, why not? i got to do the prices right in like five minutes. Well, <laughs>
0: and oh, I, I wonder if there was a, a, a contractual aspect to it That's where right. maybe some of these talents were part of the same
2: hmm. deal yeah, the studio, system was, right. still, yeah, the yeah. studio right. system was still very like it might
0: have been well if you want to do this movie guess what you're also going to do a voice on Scooby-Doo it's part of the promotion it's, story, right. it's like
3: it's like if you're on
1: Love Boat this week we have a recording studio downstairs
0: yeah. come yeah. on down
1: we'll do some Scooby-Doo
0: while we're
2: Sunny here
1: Sony <laughs> had their own show so this is pretty good yeah, advertising for their work too Don well, Knotts Don is made for cartoons come on everyone's got yeah. yeah. Don Knotts in their cartoons
5: and Batman and Robin, voiced by um, Adam West and Bert and Ward, Bert Ward uh, that would have been. I'm, I'm not. I don't remember what the dates were on the original Batman series, but it started in '66. So the Scooby Doo movies wouldn't have been that long after the show for it to be very much in, in everybody's mind. Well, but were, were they still s- in syndication. The
0: Scooby Doo movies yeah. did they hit in like '76? Is that right? Early At, '70s. Early, yeah. early yeah. '70s. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah we have one on uh, this one.
1: This is one of the more recent ones. Harlan Ellison got to be a guest on uh, a Scooby Doo cartoon.
4: Right, the, the new show that's on Boomerang, I believe, is it's a new version of this concept. Yeah. Because right? yeah, right. I, I saw a clip where it's like a weirdo has an accordion camp and there's a dinosaur that the Scooby Gang has to stop. Yeah.
1: So that's where you can see that people like us that grew up on this are now given the opportunity to write a Scooby Doo episode and have a guest star. It's like it's going to be Harlan Ellison. They're like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Because
5: this. he's so child friendly yeah. 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 I,
1: I hope well, the kids saw this And said wow I'm going to look this guy up yeah. but, you know, but it's so that that
5: not he's... just that Harlan Ellison Was on it, the whole episode was about H.P. Lovecraft, H.P. Hatecraft yeah, 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 yeah. And um, Car oh, oh. Car Jar Jarkar Gothican, the creature who cannot be named That everybody kept pointing out is You've just named him So it's a Cthulhu episode
1: Oh, I hope they all ran out to the library It's like, Necronomicon, this sounds fun Yeah
3: (laughs)
0: What could go wrong?
3: But but yeah, you're right Because people now that grew up on those Are writing them And now you've got them teaming up with KISS or Which,
0: by the way, if you haven't seen the Kiss Scooby-Doo movie, it is awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
3: or the wrestlers, that they're doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the WWE. W-W. All, all of these and current uh, like uh, home release movies mm-hmm. that they've done, um, they did the Batman Brave and the Bold and Scooby-Doo. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best things I've ever seen, like legitimately. That's, I it's love It's incredible.
5: That. Oh, oh, and who doesn't love the Hex Girls? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: The funny thing is, it was probably they think we need guest stars to make Scooby-Doo cool. But actually, now it's like being a, a guest on Scooby-Doo makes you cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Except you know for Urkel. I don't know <laughs> if it's gonna work for Urkel. It's gonna be a song. robot Urkel too. <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk briefly. Huh? Apparently, at some point they decided Scooby-Doo wasn't enough. We had to bring in others. Mm. So we got scooby dumb Scooby-Dee. You know what's Scrappy coming, Happy oh.
3: Come on, Puppy Power, right?
2: Come on. you yeah.
1: You just no. broken Mark Evanier's arm. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. But you know, I mean, it's one of those things too. As a kid, because I was, I was, I was born in the '70s, so as a kid, I loved it. As I got older, I realized that I didn't care so much for Scrappy did But as a kid,
1: it was awesome. The truth is, as Mark Evanier, who created him, will tell you, he did raise the ratings when Scrappy showed up. The ratings went up. And there are people who love Scrappy Doo, and they're all silently weeping right now because they don't want to. You know, peer pressure. It's like <laughs> not to love them. I have a friend who has a tattoo hidden somewhere of Scrappy Doo, and um, but yeah, I never really.
3: Liked
5: but it. I love that. Why love not, that Why part did we of not? Island, why you know? did we
1: not like Scrappy Doo?
3: Because Scrappy made the rest. It, it, it became all about Scrappy, yep. and so suddenly Scooby and them are not the ones solving the problem. Scrappy is, because Scooby and them
4: can't solve the problem.
5: Scrappy was annoying little narcissist. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's
2: bad,
4: and it's also just like, even when for me, when I was a kid, and I introduced Scrappy-Doo, it's just like, I felt like I'm being talked down to. I may be seven, sir, yeah. but I demand some respect. I'm not going to accept miniature Scooby-Doo. I think it's even worse with, like you mentioned, it's like, scooby Dumb and Yabba doo yeah. where it's just like, they're the same size as Scooby-Doo, but it's like, oh, one is like a cowboy, and the other one is... Dumb, but Scooby's already dumb. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. It's just you're repeating
4: yourself. Yeah. Even even, that's the thing. When you recognize the patterns of the Scooby-Doo formula, you also recognize like this is just a bad clone. Yeah. I wonder how they sold that concept. He's like Scooby-Doo when he's dumb. It's like, wow, I was really
1: out of the loop on this one because I thought Scooby was not the sharpest crayon. Just
0: pitch it to an executive like, cut, print, put it out. Now wait a minute for a dog. Scooby Doo's pretty on oh, point. He's a genius. He can talk.
2: Right? <laughs> like I think,
0: I think we need to shift our perspectives a little. Bit. Which is
1: another. Even as a kid, I mean, it's a fantasy. I understand that. But you know, you come into town and the people will, like, watch out for the, the you know, the ghosts of something or others, like. Is your dog talking? <laughs> <laughs> right. But so that's either really cool or really alarming. But it's really something. I mean,
3: that'd be like one of the one of the ghosts go, "Holy crap, a talking dog!" <laughs>
0: that's what we don't see off screen. Yeah. Is they have a little sort of carnival deal where they get paid for Scooby talking and yeah. performing and other
1: things. Maybe they they're just thought no Shaggy was thing. a ventriloquist or something.
4: Well, I, I think that it's also like as a kid, they almost you accept it because it's like, oh, okay, you can't speak exactly perfect English. It's like seems legit. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: right
1: you can't that talk would be experience. silly, a dog. Speaking like the king's English, right? Right, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> got that, you know, impediment. You know, much.
5: we were talking about uh, guest stars. The other incarnation of this we didn't mention was the 13 ghosts of Scooby Doo. Yeah,
1: we'll get to nice? That. That that was nice. You had a question? Uh, I
3: think on
5: more than one occasion, they find some other sort of talking animal, sometimes just a dog. And everyone, including Scooby, is surprised
4: that there's a talking <laughs> dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah Which, that, that really should not be such a shock to
0: them. Yeah. What's odd to me is there's an episode that's at a dog show, because there's an episode that's in anything you can think of, and Scooby has sort of a romantic interest in a non-sentient, typical dog and it strikes me as odd
5: it's a little (laughs) weird
0: but there's also
5: the really big romantic connection in scooby-doo and the alien invasion between scooby and the golden retriever and the hippie girl who turns out the hippie girl and the golden retriever end up to be the actual aliens area 51 and you know right um and and there's this whole broken-hearted thing because you know scooby and shaggy had their hearts broken
1: and then Pokemon kind of played with this, too, where all the other Meowths reject Meowth because he's the only one who speaks English. Like, you know, which I thought was really sad. It made me stop wondering why James always dresses up as a woman. Whenever they're in disguise, Jesse dresses up as a guy, James dresses up as a woman. Fine by me. 2019 Just seems like it would have been easier to go the other way around. But I... <laughs> 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, so let's talk about it. So that was a cool concept where actual ghosts are released from, let's just say, hell. And um, <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby have to bring them back, and we have Vincent Price, which is always welcome. And how many did they actually return? I,
4: it's literally thirteen.
1: I think they only did twelve. Yeah. Or they, they
3: did They didn't a, did, did a DVD release yeah. specifically because they only did twelve.
0: Uh, yeah, they recently, within the past couple of years, right? They did the thirteenth Ghost of Scooby-Doo, or is, is it out
2: yet? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. The last year.
0: Okay. So
1: was anyone bothered when they when they changed the paradigm, this, this young genius said. Um, and suddenly now it's real monsters.
4: Well, it's not so much that, I think it's more that they change the dynamic where it's just like Shaggy, Scooby, and Daphne and they take out Fred and Velma. Even as a kid I reckon it's just like mm-hmm. this does seem off. And yeah. they got like what, the kid? And then they also had like the other ghosts that were running around like the two comedic relief ghosts and stuff like that. like it feels like we're changing this and a way where it doesn't quite feel like so. Now
1: why did they do. take those three out?
4: I mean okay, Fred, sure. Anyone dressed as Fred? No? Good. <laughs> 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 Sorry
1: dude. but you know what I'm talking about. I
5: always
4: assumed
5: it was contractual and they just couldn't get the, the voice actor. Oh, yeah. Um, Fra- okay. Frank
4: Welker will do anything. Well though.
5: that's true. But that was was uh, Frank Welker doing Freddy at that point or just he's No he's been, been
4: Fred since like sixty nine onwards. Pretty much, yeah. Unless it's like him playing a kid or something. You guys are totally glossing
0: over the fact that they changed Shaggy's colors. Yes! And take away any character you want. but Why is Shaggy wearing red and blue in this one? It's bizarre. He's worn
4: the same shirt at that time for 30 years. He wanted to change it up a bit. Hey, Hey, you thought we didn't like Scrappy. What about Mm -hmm. these things?
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah,
5: This was also the era where even a lot of the sitcoms decided, hey, we've been on for a while, we need to freshen it up. Let's put some weird cousin in that we've yes. never heard of. Cough Brady Bunch cough.
2: Yeah. Um yeah.
5: And, and it never worked.
4: Yeah. No. You always found some distant relative or Yeah, just yeah. And this is around the time where Hanna Barbera's animation was even running on fumes for Hanna Barbera. Because like if you try and watch them at Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby, they're just like, oh, their faces have become blobs when they talk. <laughs>
1: Oh, if you, this, this is going to be a coffee table book, and I really wish it had. Uh, guy did art of Scooby Doo, The Lost Mysteries, where the Scooby Gang uh, runs into Frankenhooker, <laughs> the Xenomorph <laughs> and, uh, Yeah, cam. Thank you, Fred, for being there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Because
1: frankly, if there's any human being who actually looks like he belongs in a cartoon, he's drawn like a cartoonist created him right before he walked out of the house. Watch out, there's two of them. Oh, I found a clue, yeah. Monster Squad. Hey, Monster Squad, that would have been
2: fun.
1: Monster Squad, actually, now if you think about movies that were influenced by Scooby-Doo.
4: Oh, yeah. Monster Squad, for sure. I mean, definitely. And even, like, even before this, they had had adventures where it's like, oh, we're gonna have a race, like, Scooby and Shaggy have a race to make sure he doesn't become a werewolf under Dracula yes. supervision, right? And mm. stuff like that. Or they had, had the ghoul cool school where they were taking care of the daughters of all these characters and stuff like that. By the 80s, they were already like, oh, no, we've already dealt with Dracula. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: even better than Dracula. Dracula's soul brother, Blackula. If, if you've never seen Blackula, by the way, you probably think oh, it's a silly little black exploitation movie from the 70s. It's going to be real. It's great. It's a great vampire movie. William Marshall is one of the best vampires ever. Good stuff. Yes, it's silly, but it's also scary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take my money. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> I mean, too soon um, Okay, so let's talk live action uh, Live action movies I really wasn't expecting much I didn't. James Gunn, didn't, that name didn't mean anything to me And I just thought they were going to Do a cheap parody to start hearing stuff Oh, they're going to kind of deal with the drug thing Or maybe Velma's got a crush on Daphne And it's like, oh, so we're just going to do what we always do Take a kid's thing, make it all grown up And it's—and it's, and I loved it
4: I loved I,
5: I love both of them
4: well, that was James Gunn's original vision, was he wanted to make it sort of like a Brady Bunch movie kind of thing. And then when they got to yeah. shooting, they were just like, we're going to tone this down a lot. So the word
1: is, it was rated R. And they and one they did a few things to uh, get it down to a PG-13. And one of the things they did is, uh, both of the ladies had pretty low-cut blouses, and it's CGI. Velma's sweater is now cgi in so that
4: it pretty much covers her up. I didn't think Cleavage actually got you an R rating. Well, no, I mean, it was. I think it was PG thirteen. They cut it down to PG kind okay. of deal. Yeah, that but, makes more sense. But but then again, I think what I rewatched these movies because these were ones that I watched as a kid, as a kid, and then as I've like you know gotten older here, I. Have the live issues with those movies, but the casting is spot on. Oh yeah, especially obviously Matthew Willard who now has been voicing Shaggy for like almost twenty years. Yeah.
5: Well, and and in that Zombie Island one, when their souls all get in the wrong body, and there is this whole whoa, I'm going to go look in the mirror. And and you actually saw some of that. Um, I saw the reflection of that in the new Jumanji one, where uh, yes, Jack yes. Black was the you know the teenage girl, the teenage movie. girl who needed. Instruction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that was those were great. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was cast brilliant. Mm-hmm. They really are. You couldn't have, You couldn't have done much better.
0: Well, and it was very respectful to it was. the property while also being self-aware in, in kind of a fun way. It, it poked, uh, poked fun at some of the tropes, but at no point did it feel like it was a parody. Yeah. Yeah. which is a hard trick to pull yeah and and
3: because of the the villain uh, who the villain turns out to be in the first one it means all the cartoons spoiler alert it means all the cartoons happened right because obviously if they didn't happen that villain wouldn't be the villain well
0: they had to have that backstory
3: yeah so I I love the fact that it's not saying we're starting over it's just this is just the new iteration of it
5: and oh I like that. And there has been a persistent rumor that recurs, you know, every so often that Disney's going to open up Zombie Island and you oh. can go experience Zombie Island. I would be first in line. I mean, you oh, know. Yeah. I'll be right behind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, right there. Unfortunately.
1: So not we are we are blazing through time here, like you can't believe. It. Talk about Scooby Natural. Uh Supernatural, great show. It's run for I think thirty nine seasons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: said to my wife one day, What Everyone likes Supernatural. Let's binge watch it. That was our summer.
2: <laughs> binge
1: watching, watching these guys get older and older. Um, they did a great Scooby Doo episode. Where, and this sounds like something that a show usually does when it's kind of circling the drain that they start having, you know, everyone's a puppet, everyone's a cartoon, but not this one. This was a great, great episode of Supernatural.
5: And one of the best things was, you know, soinks, jinkies, jeepers, son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: I will say they did have the uh, curviest Daphne ever.
5: <laughs> and Dean struck out. Yes, he
1: did. As well we
5: should. I mean, Sam could have gotten lucky if he'd wanted to. <laughs>
1: we had all the tropes. We had him hiding in the giant, uh, you know, urns, spinning around. That was fun. We had him running through doors. <laughs> Heck, the, the giant Dagwood sandwiches—that was really fun, and and that was, I guess, the perfect show. To, I mean, is there any other TV show you'd like to see a crossover with Scooby-Doo other than Supernatural? Oh. Don't say Breaking Bad, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought
5: that
1: would have—that would have been a good X-Files crossover. Buffy, Buffy, Buffy. 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 Oh, oh yeah. there you go, Winter, Winter, Chicken Dinner. You're absolutely right. That would have been fun.
5: It was also fun to see. I'm on the Supernatural fan panel tonight, so, spoiler, I'm a huge fan. But listening to the cast, to Jensen and Jared and Misha talk about, they were excited about being on Supernatural. This was kind of a, a fanboy thing for them, was, oh, my God, we get to be on Superna- on Scooby-Doo. And that was kind of funny. I like, oh, gosh, PR's making us do this. This was like, I get to be on Scooby-Doo, which is just refreshing.
1: We've only got about ten minutes, so is there anything you guys want to bring up or take questions from the audience? Is there anything we haven't talked about you definitely want to put out there?
0: I grew up with Scooby-Doo. I loved it. Um, the original show, you know, was the first one that I saw. But like I said, the new Scooby-Doo movies was the one that really hooked me and made me a fan. But uh, my son, who's 11 now, when he was coming along, what's new Scooby-Doo? was the cartoon that was out you guys have you guys seen it oh yeah it has become my favorite version of the show uh i feel like it's one of the most successful (laughs) updates that's ever been done i think they did a little i mean it's still a cartoon it's it's and it was still uh, you know it's a little older so it's not quite what we we see now but I feel like they did a little more with the characters. I feel like the animation is as good as it's ever been on, on a Scooby-Doo TV show, uh, and and it's it's great. If you haven't watched it, check it out. I, I was a little resistant at first, because they changed the character designs, yeah. and it's, it's got a, a punk rock and roll intro song, and you know, whatever, but once, once you sit down and start watching it, it's a very, very good show. Now,
3: now I'm curious, with your son, with your son starting there, does he have any interest in the old
0: ones? Oh yeah, we've watched them all. So okay. Yeah, so yeah, they, oh yeah. So yeah. it's not anything that went yeah, like, this yeah. is, you know. No, 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 no. We've, we've he's he's seen everything.
5: And which band did the was it Coldplay that got to be guest stars? Simple, simple, simple. Play. Play. simple, simple Play.
0: Play. Well, and they are they the ones that did the theme song? Yes. Okay, okay. That's how they. Questions from. Yes. Yes, Scooby. <laughs> Yes,
1: Scooby. <laughs> Something that I always thought was interesting was. You know, this show is the original Scooby Doo was airing at the same time as another very similar show, and that would be Star Trek, where it's very much the same formula. Uh, A ship full of your favorite cast of characters goes to some new weird location, finds a mystery, has to solve it, uses science and skepticism to kind of unmask whatever's going on and fix the problem. It's usually a supercomputer, yeah. 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 I don't know. I I feel
2: like Mm -hmm.
1: they may have unconsciously been borrowing from each other if the people were. Making either were
3: family, yeah. and it's basic story stuff. Yeah, guys. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. cultural. Because
3: yeah, exactly. if you look, I mean, that's also the that's also the 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 basic plot of every episode of Gunsmoke. Or, oh, yeah. or, you know, or the incredible Hulk. Yeah, the uh, so
0: you, but, what you're saying is, at the end of the motion picture, they should have just yanked the thing off and been like Voyager. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Exactly>. <laughs> and
5: you know, we never mentioned a pup named Scooby.
2: Oh. See, There's
1: awesome. so much we could have done it two hours. I, I know,
2: really. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah yes, sir. Sure.
2: Um, one thing is, uh,
4: growing up, this show is really my introduction in about the dangers of capitalism. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> to think about it, capitalism is the real villain. All and also, are you aware that the guy who invented Scooby-Doo wrote a four-part article explaining himself called Scrappy Days.
4: I, I was not aware of the article but I, I will agree in terms of like the Scooby-Doo was definitely introduction for me in terms of being skeptical of sort of adults mm-hmm. I think that it was definitely an example of that which is like why are you really doing this though to hide your to, to scare kids away from you like you said abandoned amusement park parking lot whatever the heck it is um, it's just it introduced the idea of like well an adult could just be doing this for their own personal gain and you mm-hmm. can figure it out and it's like Bill mentioned earlier it's the kids getting one up on the adults it kind of is the touchstone that, like later, Nickelodeon would make like an entire brand out of that It yeah. was like kid power, kids rule, adults rule kind of as far as yep.
1: capitalism. If you'd invested in Scooby Doo early on, it would have been very, very
3: lucrative.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you doing okay
3: now? Well, it, it certainly was the first time I, I I heard of like like land fraud, you know, yeah. or, you know, because really that's I mean if you bring it in there. That's that's what most of the plots end up being is. Yeah. I want this land. That's right. why land is valuable. Yes, sir. Uh, what's always fascinated me about Scooby Doo is, after all
4: the Hanna Barbera stuff, growing up as a kid, it seems to be the only thing that really survived. Like people continually making new stuff about it. Yeah, well, that's not Hanna Barbera. Well, well, yeah, no, right. It's yeah, it, it's like I said earlier, it's the longest-lasting media franchise. Like that's not some sort of like network show or anything like that. It's yeah. been around for so long, and like even more so, like the closest like maybe Flintstones and that faded away yeah, like I, in the yeah, I nineties. Mean, can that anymore, but no. Scooby-Doo you know.
0: actually there is a Flintstones WWE movie that was released sometime in the last few years but I don't think it was quite as high profile as uh, Scooby-Doo I want to ask, um, what do you think
4: about Scooby-Doo
2: makes it continue to be decade
4: after
3: decade enjoyed by everybody I, I think certainly the, certainly the character of Scooby you know be it on the show or it's great, it's great toy merchandise you know the, the Scooby Dolls, or the, they released those last year, the little resin figures that are absolutely
0: cool. Well, they're new ones at Walmart right now. They're two packs of one of the Scooby Gang and one of the uh, villain the villains, characters yeah. from the original show. They're like six bucks and they're great little action yeah. figures.
3: So, Yeah, so they're very yeah. cool. They're visually like that. Appealing. They're, Yeah, they're very visually appealing. Kids love dogs. I mean, so certainly, you know, starting out when they were aiming it at children. You know, having a dog front and center did not hurt things. And and they're
1: all likable characters. They have quirks, but they're likable quirks. There's no meanness in any of them. Scooby's cowardly, but he sticks with it and usually ends up, you know, being a big part in solving the mystery. So, I mean, I like these people. I like hanging out with them and and, and all. There's There's no real darkness there other than... The monsters, which don't even turn out to be as, as dark as all that. Hey, we're, we're almost out of time. Can I just say two things? Uh, in the back, we're doing a charity for the American Heart Association, and we've got, in black and orange, two bowls. One represents Freddy Krueger and one Jason. Put your donations there. We'll see which, which character, having caused so many heart attacks, can help even out the odds now a little bit more and please uh, like us um, give us a nice little rating on the app schedule and maybe Mm -hmm. next year we'll do uh, Captain Caveman or something, I don't know, (laughs) let's do another Scooby-Doo you know, because obviously I knew, I said I knew this one was going to be popular, you know, there's the reason that this has gone on and more of this sort of thing, we like seeing an audience like this here, so thank you uh, very much, can you all tell where you're going to be for the rest of the
5: Sure, Uh, I'm on a bunch of panels, uh, and I have a reading at 5.30 over in the um, Hyatt, and then I'm on a group reading at 8.30, and uh, Victorian death customs at four, and courtesans, mistresses, and madams, history's most famous working women in ten. so...
4: Um, I will be uh, right here uh, for uh, two more panels tonight at eight thirty. There's Nosferatu panel, which will be followed by a screening. They'll have a live score accompaniment by Valentine Wolf. Um, and then tomorrow at one p.m., I will be of uh, the what we do in the shadows panel I'll be right here as well. Um, tonight I have the we're doing a I
3: keep I call it a roast. They're just calling it a panel talking about the work of Anatole Plesko. I, I figure it's a roast. We should make fun of him. Um, um, I'm in the West uh, for the rest of the day though until it closes I am over on the fourth floor of the America's Mart in the comic section uh, table 331 come check me out and then tomorrow I have a panel on the weird the weird wild west over at the Sheridan
5: I'm on it
3: and then yeah and then back I'm back in this room at 4 o'clock tomorrow for V Wars um, we are and we are to people in attendance giving away a signed copy of a V Wars comic signed by Ian Summerholder, who is playing in the V-Wars TV show. So, be here for that.
0: I'm Dave West. You can find me in the Dragon Con app under Speakers. The big thing, I've got four panels tomorrow. The big thing that I want to put over though is tonight at 10 p.m. Yes. Uh, we're world premiering a documentary that the Emmy Award winning documentarian Jason C. Wilson shot about me and uh, about a year in my life of all of the stuff that I do getting behind microphones, putting on game shows at Dragon Con. I'm very proud of it, it's called Troublemaker. It's a tight 51 minutes right now, uh, and we are showing it for the first time publicly here at Dragon Con, so uh, yes. if, if you can get out to that, awesome. it's in the American Sci-Fi Classics track room, uh, Marriott in 103, 103, 105.
1: I'm not leaving my seat, I have another panel called Based on a True Story, horror movies, supposedly based on actual things. <coughs> and at seven o'clock today, William Stout, brilliant artist, See him in the, in the uh, mart. There, he almost made a three D Godzilla movie in nineteen eighty three that came this close to being made, and we're going to talk about this, you know, one of the big heartbreakers of all time. And uh, tomorrow we'll do Dark Magic of Pokhara and the Sasquatch Horror Picture Show, Bigfoot in the Movies. It's not all Harry and the Hendersons. Trust me. <laughs> Thank yep. you all for coming. This is a thanks
0: lot thanks of, yep. of it's
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, there's a Harry and the TV show
0: for a short time with Molly Sheep from Harris Jerry Camden show. Like I said, that was an awesome panel, and uh, Bill is an absolutely fantastic host. Like, now I kind of just want to go to his panels uh, after uh, – I, I, I did a lot this year. And, and maybe next year I'll just uh, add Bill in my app and just go to his panels instead because he, he really puts together uh, a different kind of experience, which is one of the things that I love about DragonCon is you can go to a panel that's a bunch of idiots rambling like what we do for Needless Things. You can go to... I, that, I shouldn't talk like that. We're more entertaining than that. Uh, but I can't help my self-deprecation. Uh, and you can find... Uh, You know, folks like Bill who sit down beforehand and put together these presentations that are uh, almost the sort of thing you'd expect at a university or or something. Uh, A a true education. And and actually, you know what? There are panels that are strictly that, and then there's what this Scooby-Doo panel was, which was kind of a middle ground, where uh, there was the preparation beforehand, but then you also had sort of the voices of... uh, of sharing memories and commentary and stuff it was a really nice middle ground uh that i ended up enjoying because the while i like a good rambling conversation that goes wherever you know we may be taken there is something to be said for having a structured format uh you know especially when people are giving you their valuable time there's a certain amount of satisfaction in knowing that like uh, this is where we're starting. This is where the presentation ends. And in between, we'll see what happens. But it's, like I said, I can appreciate the format having done it now. So that was really cool. Bill is awesome. Everybody on the panel was awesome. It was a great time. And I hope you guys enjoyed talking about Scooby-Doo. And I hope you go watch some Scooby-Doo cartoons. I love you guys.
2: Thank you
4: for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes,
2: Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. uh Uh-huh.